How many, first of all, enjoyed the weekend or got something out of it? Give us a wave. Maybe, maybe got stretched a little bit. Maybe got, you know. Um, that's good. One of the things I love, um, you know, I said this before about Justin when he shares, is um, his heart is that, and you heard him, if you weren't here, you would have heard him say this, that, you know, you're powerful people. You believe what you, you know, you can search the scripture and believe what you like. So I love it that, you know, for years and years and years, we used to gather around doctrine, right? A lot of denominations were made based on doctrine. Uh, you know, it's like we believe this specifically, whether it be about, you know, the end times, or we believe this about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or we believe this about water baptism or whatever. And then what would happen would be if somebody didn't agree with me about that specific doctrine, they saw it a different way, then it would be like, well, our relationship isn't going to really pan out then because I believe this and do you know what I mean and so I love the approach though I do believe that this is where we're at today I believe that we're in a place where we're not gathering around doctrine we're gathering around a person his name is Jesus but even beyond that we're gathering around relationship community and love and at that foundation, we can have differing opinions if you think Jesus is going to come back uh, at such and such a time on the timeline, or if you think that there's going to be tribulation, or there's going to be this or that, or wherever you're at in all your doctrine, I just love it that we can still walk together, you know? I think it's so cool. So anyway, well, listen, this morning is going to be kind of practical. We're starting this heart, hands, and feet uh, starting on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m., we're going to go from 7 till 9. It's a two-hour time slot. There'll be two sessions of teaching and application. And um, we're going to be running into this now from, well, May, this week coming until June the 6th. And so over those weeks, we're going to focus on these three things. The heart. Somebody say the heart. Okay, let's try this again. And then, and then why don't we all say hands? Whoa, that was good. And then let's all say feet. Okay, good. I thought of it after. We could have added one in there, but we're not. We, were, we didn't add the head in, but that would be a good one to do sometime. But the deal is, the, the idea behind this whole uh, thrust, it has to do with the vision for what we have here, in, in, even in this neighborhood. And so, you know, we've been, we've been somewhat nomadic as a church over the, over the years because we, we haven't had a place where we would, you know, feel like we'd settle down. This is home. We've got uh, promise, and even more so promise, we've actually got manifestation of the promise ready to manifest for, um, as I shared this a few weeks ago, for provision for a building and a place and that, that sort of thing, which we're really excited about. But we, we don't want to step into that until we've got strength with us financially and a good solid base that we can have to move forward into. Because the last thing we want to do is be a ministry, a church, family that is always wondering and always on that kind of that ragged edge. You know, if, if, you, if you've ever been there personally in your own personal finances, it's just not fun to live there. And so we don't want to live there as a church. But we decided as a leadership team, and that's why I brought those stakes out. How many were here when we had stakes a few weeks ago? I didn't have like top sirloins or ribeyes. They were actually like wooden stakes. And so what we said is, we're, we're, we're going we're to put a stake in the ground here in this community, right here where we are right now. And we're going to start to release, be intentional about releasing the kingdom into this area where we are right now. And watch, you know, God transform some things in the area. And so that's where this comes in. So we're going to talk about this. Um, when I, when I shared last time regarding this whole thing, uh, I just kind of gave an overview. 
And over the next several weeks then, from, the, from May 2nd to June 6th, there'll be different people sharing. We're going to have Claude and Yvonne share a little bit on the, on the heart. And uh, they've got their ministry that they, that they do, RTF, Restoring the Foundations, which is really a heart ministry. It's a, it's a ministry that would help us. It's like this. There's a reality, there's a truth that we're in him and he's in us. There's that union, right? Even having a revelation of that, I like to have tools that help me walk in a greater revelation of that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, there, there's, a, there's a, the truth. God's word is truth. It trumps any kind of, even, even what we might see in the natural. God's word is truth. Amen? And so, but to get us into that truth of the word, sometimes there are roadblocks, and God, he brings tools along, along the way. In RTF ministry, Restoring the Foundations, is like one tool. I, 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 we, we're not going to do it today, but I've been thinking a lot about you guys, Urs and Myra. Uh, you guys went through, uh, you had a week of ministry, how many weeks ago was that? Two weeks ago. And uh, I sat down at the conference between sessions with them. When they walked in, I said, man, you guys just look brighter. It's like, you were, you were, there was a greater glow on you guys. And, uh, and so I sat with them and talked, and I said, so you know, how was it and stuff, and they just went on and on and on about it, how good it was, but it's amazing how the Lord uses that ministry just to unlock things in our hearts and break down walls in our hearts that we don't even know we have sometimes, and so I I don't know, would you say that the ministry uh, that you went through before the conference helped you receive more from the conference, would you say that big time? Cool. So anyway, talk to them about it individually after. I'd like to get a testimony from them at some point. We'll probably get them up here and share a little bit. So, <laughs> Not today, though. So um, last time we were together, though, well, when I was up here sharing a little bit on a kind of a family Sunday or whatever, I talked about, you've heard, you know, John talk about the three journeys, you know, the inward journey, the upward journey, and the outward journey. That we're all on, and it's a simultaneous, it's like, it doesn't stop. It's not like we're just going to go inward, we're just going to go upward, and we're just going to go outward. It's like these three things kind of keep going on, like, an ongoing basis. So there might be seasons where we kind of focus more on one thing. For example, the RTF, the ministry, really is an inward journey. It's a, it's a dealing with issues of the heart that then help you connect upwardly even more, and out of that place should flow an outflow of something good, right? But too many times we get, we get things mixed up. And I know for years and years and years, I was pretty much an outward journey guy. I was like, I got to share my faith. I got I to gotta do stuff. I've got to, like, ministry. It was like, just, I was driven to, to do. And um, the piece that was missing for me personally was the, was the inward and the upward where I knew I was saved and I knew I was, I was forgiven, but I didn't walk in the total revelation that I was a son and that I was really, really accepted in the beloved. You know, it was like I was absolutely, no matter how, I, how much I share my faith, the outward journey, or how much I do ministry stuff, his love for me is the same. And, uh, and, and so, so I would do that, but the problem with that is you get... Um, we want everything, we want the foundation of everything we do to be that of love, not of like compulsion, like I have to do something, right? 
And so I, I remember even this is, I know you don't, wouldn't believe this, but I'm going to tell you anyway, but maybe you'll come with me on this. But from an early, early age, going to school, I'd go to school, and um, somebody, some kid on the playground would swear or something, which is really funny because I used to have a mouth, mouth like a sailor, just like when I was a young kid. And, uh, my, you know, my folks didn't cuss in the family or anything like that. But I picked it up. I had this one friend that we got together and got into all kinds of stuff together. And uh, I just, it was just like in my nature, my fallen nature. And so I was this little mouthy little kid. And, and, uh, and, then I, and then I got really convicted about that. So I tried to clean things up. But then if your heart's not right and you haven't worked on the heart part of things, what comes out is this. Then when you hear someone else cussing or something, it's like, you're a sinner. You're going to go to hell. You better stop talking like that. And it was funny. I was like the police on the playground. I, it was like just full on, you know. And it wasn't, and every time I'd want to share my faith, it was all about, you better, you better get saved or you're going to go to hell. And it was this fear-based, you know, fear from hell, this whole thing that, that it was like I was on a rampage. And so the outward journey was actually, you know, I was, it, it was, there was an element of truth as to what was being said, but because the inward journey wasn't worked out properly, a lot of stuff was coming out not seasoned in love. And so because of that, I've had, I've had to, well, I felt I had to. I just did, I, I felt encouraged by the Holy Spirit at times to call up old friends that I, you know, hadn't seen in many, many years and just talk to them about, you know, how I, how I uh, was acting even as a child and stuff. And just saying, hey, you know what, I, I feel like I owe you an apology because I never represented Christ the way I really would want to now, you know. And uh, it's crazy because all these people that I went to school with started getting saved. So funny. I don't know. Maybe it was that seed of fear that I put in there as a kid. I don't know. But they all started to, to get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and it's been really cool to see. And uh, so I met this one guy. I did share this here before. We were in Saskatoon, and I met this one friend of mine who uh, I hadn't seen since probably grade 9 or 10. So it was just a couple years ago. And, uh, and I just said to him, I said, hey, Sean, I said, I just want to apologize. I feel like um, I'm like, um, I was a poor representation. And he goes, oh, no, man, it's all good. He said, I didn't think that. He says, I just thought you were some religious kook. <laughs> he just didn't have a grid for anything like that. But anyway, so the, the bottom line is these three journeys that go on simultaneously. And there are certain times when we need to, you know, God will highlight something that you need to focus on. And um, so just, yeah, just enjoy the journey. But um, speaking of the heart, though, we, I, I quoted this scripture last time. Proverbs 4.23, it says, Above all, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life, or out of it flow all the issues of life. It, it's interesting. It also says in Proverbs that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So the heart is interesting. You'd think as a man thinks in his head, so he will become, or whatever. But it's not the case. He's saying as he thinks in his heart. And did you know this, scientifically, this is really cool. I, I've shared this before, but it's funny how I'll share something, and then I'll share it again, and then I'll share it again, and then I'll share it again, and then on like the fourth or fifth time, somebody comes up to me and says, man, that was amazing. I'm like, that's like the fifth time I've shared it. And they're like, really? Oh, it just hit me. So I'm just going to share this again. Did you know that your heart actually sends more messages, electrical messages, to the brain than the brain does to the heart. It's amazing. If you look at, the, at, at, at how when you were 
knit together in your mother's womb. It's so amazing. The very first organ that's developed is the heart. Isn't that wild? So then when Jesus comes along and, and starts talking about the heart, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and strength, and love your, love your neighbor as yourself. All these things, like if, you, if, you, if your paradigm is God's a real heart God, and he's concerned for your heart and the welfare of your heart, and it says in Proverbs there, a wise man said, above all, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. Now, the issue about the heart, though, I heard somebody say this. In fact, they, this well-meaning uh, young lady, um, not here, said to, said to our daughter one time, Sarah one time, they were talking about boys and relationships and stuff like this. And she said to her, she said, you know, you really need to guard your heart. Like, don't, don't let people in. And, and, you know, pertaining to, you know, getting hurt from relationships and this kind of thing and stuff. And then she used, you know, because above all, you need to guard your heart. Well, the guard your heart that we're talking about here in Proverbs is not putting walls up to keep people out. That's not the heart behind it. <laughs> to guard your heart means to tend to your heart, look after your heart, care for your heart, stay soft in heart. Don't, 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 don't have a calloused heart, a hardened heart, but keep it soft, keep it tender, guard your heart, not in terms of keeping things out, but in terms of cultivating good things in your heart. You understand the difference? So we did a little corrective teaching with Sarah after that, you know, and, and uh, I get that in terms of relationally and relationship with boys and boys with girls. You don't just, you know, throw it all out there and, you know, wear your heart on your sleeve, as it were. But there's something that's interesting. Once you do have an, a certain level of God touching your heart and starting to heal your heart from some stony things and some walls and all that kind of stuff, all of a sudden it's a lot easier to live from that place of your heart. It's just amazing. So anyway, so we're going to talk about a little bit of heart stuff this morning. Is that okay with you all? Well, if it's not, then have a nice day. <laughs> but just to bring it back into focus with the heart, the hands, and feet. Then when we get into the hands, this is really cool. I have an announcement to make that you don't want to miss next week. It's going to be special. Um, but with the hands, regarding the hands, it, it's talking about how you can plug in and get involved in, whether it's ministry areas here at the local church, but engaging in what God's doing. We're called to, as Catch the Fire Winnipeg, we're called to help people, equip people to live out destiny and live out what God's called them to. And so we, we understand that um, we need people, we need engagement from people in order to, to develop people, right? And so there are lots of areas to engage with your hands here in the church. We, we talked about this, we talked last time we talked about to engage just by being here, by showing up, you know, being part of the gathering, being part of What's happening? You know, being part of the midweek stuff, being part of War Room, like to engage in a level of, you know, that you can. I understand not everyone can do everything, and there's not condemnation, but the deal is, I, I said this before, some people have said, man, we miss it when you guys aren't here. You guys, you know, maybe out preaching somewhere, but we miss it. And I'm telling people now, I miss it when you're not here too, you know? So, uh, like this morning, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go on the phone after, not in a condemning way, but I'm going to be texting a lot of people saying, man, did I miss your smiling face this morning in church? <laughs> but, so the hands talks about engaging. So we engage, you know, with our presence, our physical presence, to get our heart be behind something, to get our heart 
plugged in and saying, I want to engage, I want to get involved in this to get my hands active. We are also going to talk about financially, how to engage financially. You know, it's interesting that um, where a man's or woman's treasure is, there their heart will be also. I think that's in the Bible, isn't is it? Is it no? I, think it, I think I just think it might be. And so it's interesting, and I don't know if I shared this here or not, but I could, I could, I could ju- judge, I could judge the fruit of your heart's intention just by looking at your bank statement. Really? I think it's so funny that we, we in this today's day and age, we get on this, you know, automatic, um, you know, Netflix has an automatic subscription, you know, the NHL app, if you're like me and you want to watch some of the playoff hockey, it's like an automatic subscription, Renew, iTunes, automatic, Spotify, automatic, and that kind of thing. And, uh, and, and yet our lives, we, we, we give to so much stuff. And I get it, that it's, it's amazing how when it comes to the kingdom of God, how so many times we feel like, well, it's just a burden, a bit of a burden, right? But where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. On the hands thing, we're going to jump in this series a little bit because we're going to spend a few weeks on the heart, then a couple weeks on the hand, three weeks I think it is on the hands, and then a couple on the feet where we're actually going to go out and uh, we're going to talk about real simple things, how to engage people in conversation, connect with people, how to share your faith, how to just talk and, and bring the kingdom to people. So it's going to be super fun. We'll also do some activations, and we'll go out and do some ministry, some ministry, some activations outside of the building here and whatnot. But on this one, the hands, somebody say hands. We have our friends uh, coming in. This is going to be next week, next Sunday. So help us spread the word. But we have our friends coming in from Alberta, the church that we're part of in Alberta and helping with uh, Church at South Edmonton. So um, our longtime friends, Ron and Shelby, are going to be here with us. And, they're, and, and so our uh, even longer-time friends, Perry and Sherry, they're a couple that oversee the worship ministry in the church there. They're going to come and join with our team and help a little bit. And uh, there isn't one person that I know personally who's engaged more with their hands in the kingdom than this couple that we're going to have here. I'm going to interview them, actually, Ron and Shelby. They're super fun people. They're business people. And so it's amazing. Um, just their testimony is ridiculous, how God gave them a word about something. You're talking about the promise, and uh, this promise about, you know, generating finances in the kingdom. And at the time, the promise didn't fit the position they were in. And, uh, and, but God, they began to foster that and care for that word and engage that word, and, uh, and God just blew the lid off their lives in, in, in that whole area. But the fun thing is, this is cool. So they're, they're actively involved in ministry. They don't preach. They don't teach. But their hands are so engaged in ministry, it would blow your mind. I, I've been to their place, like, many, many, many times where we'll, they'll have 70 people over for dinner. 30 people at a time, 70 people, 40 people, 20 people, seniors, youth, young adults. It's like their, their house is like a revolving, it's, it's like a ministry haven. And they're engaged with their hands. Uh, Shelby has a real uh, ministry of hospitality and just making people feel welcomed and loved and cared for. The, the, they're uh, at the church in Edmonton then. The food uh, is next level. It's like she loves to cook, and so she kind of takes it on and says, okay, let's, let's go for it. But they're going to be here next week. And, and the reason I'm um, encouraging you to be here and help us spread the word, 
I firmly believe that when somebody is anointed in an area, what they carry, you can get under and receive from, you know? Not that we're all going to look the same and sound the same and have the same ministry, but maybe you're here today and you've got a word about financing the kingdom or finances in the kingdom. I encourage you, you need to get here and be here to sit under it because what's on them, if that's in your lane, let that come on you and be encouraged and see what will happen. Uh, and then, the, 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 so there's hospitality, there's finances. And, and the fun thing is, um, I've been challenged a lot in, over the years with them, with engagement in, with the hands and, and actually, you know, the outward journey and doing and releasing what you've got and that kind of thing. And uh, I think I shared the testimony. Um, you know, they've given millions to the kingdom, like millions and millions um, I don't want to rob the story, but there's a cool story. When God gave the prophetic word, the promise, he said to the Lord, he said, Lord, I'll tithe 10% to my local church. And then he said, um, then I'll split the rest with you 50-50. So, so tithe 10% just to the local church. And then what he calls his covenant money which is just 50-50. So anything over and above all that stuff, he just splits with the Lord 50-50. So he takes 50% of his income and just sticks it in an account. And then, you know, there'll be things. They've helped out many, many churches in, in, in many ministries. And it's just astounding. And so that was the deal, though, he, in this thing. And, and um, anyway, you're going you're gonna to want to be here next week. We're going to do an interview with them. They don't like public speaking, but we're just going to interview them. It's going to be fun. So, um, then the other couple that's going to be here with us too, I know this is a bit of an infomercial, but I, I, want you to, I want you to get on the page of this so that we can start to function in it. Uh, the other couple that's going to be here is uh, Perry and Sherry Friesen, and uh, we connected back in 1998, uh, and so they're a beautiful couple, dear, dear friends of ours. Um, that was a good year, yeah, Janelle? Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, we connected about 21 years ago. She was born in 98. Bye-bye. Shh. So, uh, anyway, so they're going to be here, and they're going to join our worship team, and they both uh, are involved musically and in worship and stuff, and so it's going to be an awesome time. So, nudge your neighbor and say, don't miss next week. Do me a favor, text some people, put it on, it'll be on Facebook and stuff, share that kind of thing and whatever, but, all right. And then on the feet one, though, on this one here, we're going to, um, there's, so there's going to be a bit of... Uh, um, like I said, activation and that sort of thing. I'm not sure if we're just going to do neighborhood or we're going to go to the mall or what we're going to do. But um, it's not going to be cheesy like we're going to go door to door and knock on doors and, have you met Jesus? I'd like to, you know. All right, so we're not going to pull out on you, but uh, I'm just like, help me, Lord. <laughs> but it's going to be just an extension of the kingdom uh, in the area. Another thing that we're going we're gonna to see happen is going to be um, John Dreger has in his heart, he'd like to do a prayer walk. So on this, on this, during this series at some point, uh, on the class on the, on the Thursday night, we'll, we'll go out and we'll do like a prayer walk. We'll start, we, we want to start walking the neighborhood, walking, you know, up and down the streets. It's interesting how before Jesus went in and whipped things up in the temple, he cried over Jerusalem. He wept. And so I think there's a, an interesting correlation there for us. We've learned that if we honor something, we hold it in our heart, God will give us authority in that area. 
I firmly believe that. And so what we're asking for is God just to give us his blueprint, his design for what he wants to do in this region. Part of that is actually putting the feet on the ground and walking through the streets and just seeing what the Lord wants to share with us. So it's going to be, it's going to be in a sense, a bit of a treasure hunt, but it's going to be a very good, uh, it's going to be a good time. So those are some things that are coming up. All right. All right. Okay, let's go like this. Let's get into some heart stuff here this morning. Is everybody okay? Is anyone excited about what's happening? I do feel, I do feel that. I've, I've heard a lot of people come to me and talk to me, and they're like, it just feels like we're really starting to get going here. And I'm like, yeah, let's get going. Come on. Come on, Malin. Yeah, all you fiery ones. Woohoo! All right, so listen, I want to I I share a little bit about uh, heart, some heart things. And I'm not, um, we'll let Claude and Yvonne get into it a little, in a little more detail, and Eric and Lindsay are going to do some, but uh, let's, let's read this. Take your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 13. And just the last part of uh, verse 15. If you're there, Sam, there. Sorry, the first part of verse 15. It says this, it says, for, for, for people's heart has become callous. Somebody say callous. They hardly hear with the ears and they have closed their eyes. Other places it says, you know, in, in hearing they don't hear and seeing they don't see. It's, and, you know, he was talking in context and in other places in this same vein about the religious people, you know, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the wouldn't sees, and the couldn't sees. That was a joke. <laughs> Help me out. Okay, I'm going to talk over here because you, you laughed. That's good. So, but seriously, the, it was the religious mindset that caused them to, to, like, they had all these prophecies and all these promises that the Messiah was going to come that there was the Savior of the world was going to come. Describing everything, Jesus fulfilled every single thing of all these prophecies. He shows up, and yet the religious people couldn't see and couldn't hear. They couldn't receive the message that he was carrying because it didn't fit their paradigm. And so, let's just put it this way. I, I don't want to be a person who will have uh, you know, eyes and ears only to hear what I can understand and only to hear what I've experienced personally. I feel like uh, one of the things, a uh, person like Justin, when he comes in and, and is here with us, and I had an awesome chat last night. We were talking, John, John Arnott and I were talking on the phone about many things, but we were talking about how God will bring certain people along to, to, to stretch, us, stretch us and bring us into greater revelation of things that we don't necessarily understand. I remember the first time when I heard the, the teaching that God wants you to be well. I believe God had the power to heal, but I didn't believe it was God's will to heal all the time. I remember that. I was really, really kind of reluctant to that. Then I also looked at things like the abundance of God and how God actually wants you to prosper. He wants you to be in health that, that you would prosper even as your soul prospers. Because I used to think it was, more, it was more right to be poor and put on a poor, you know, attitude, than to, than to display the abundance and the favor of God. I would have a hard time even in that whole context, and, and really the mindset becomes that of a real poverty mindset. 
And uh, so then when I, when I started to get a revelation, I remember when the light went on with Hebrews 11, verse 6, where it says, um, for without faith, it's impossible to please God. You must believe, first of all, that he exists. And secondly, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Isn't that wild? And the penny dropped, and I'm like, he's a rewarder. Like, he actually, he, he, he wants to partner with me in my, in my walk, that, that he wants to release his kingdom in all areas of my life. And it was like a mind-blowing experience. And so, but in this case here, he's saying, he's saying these religious folks, their hearts have become hard, and they're, they're callous, they're hard. And uh, when we talk about the heart, my prayer is, God, I don't want anything in my heart that would be hard or callous toward you, toward your ways and what you're doing. I want a soft, teachable heart. Yeah? All right, let's keep going. It says in Ezekiel 36, you've probably heard this many times, verse 26, he says, I will give you a new heart. Somebody say new heart. New heart. And I will put a new spirit in you, and I will remove from your hearts the stone and give you a heart of flesh. And so this is a picture of what happens then when you become born again, when you become saved. It says that he takes that stony heart and then he puts, gives you a new heart of flesh that's sensitive, right? It's so interesting that as time goes on, though, you have to guard your heart in order to keep it soft. That's what he's saying. Above all, guard your heart. So, so why does God want to remove hearts of stone or calloused areas? I'm really glad you asked that question this morning. I've got, I've got teacher mode on now. Um, one of the biggest things is this. When we, have, when we have areas of our heart that are calloused or maybe a bit hard, we become insensitive to his touch. We can't sense his presence. Now, I'm not saying here this morning that if you're not a feely person, if you haven't felt the presence of God, the felt presence of God, the manifest tangible presence like that, um, I'm not, this is not a condemnation thing. I do believe that everybody can sense and feel God's presence, so I really do. I believe it's a lie that says, well, I'm not a feely person, so I don't expect to feel. Read scripture. You see, all through scripture, God would encounter his kids and encounter people, and there would be some kind of manifestation of something, you know. He wants to manifest his goodness that you would know. Having said all that, there is something more real than what you feel. Okay? So I don't base my life on how I feel. I don't, if I don't feel, like I'll give you a prime example, a really good example. I love, I used to do a lot of music. You wouldn't know it from today, but I, I used to do a lot of music. And uh, Eric put me on the schedule. He's like, hey, can you play bass? On? And I'm like, sure. Haven't played in a few years, but I'll hop up there. I love music, and I love engaging God in music and that sort of thing. But when it comes to that, when I'm up here like this, whether it's le even leading worship or playing music or something like that, I don't get to experience the touch that I do when I'm just me and God here standing on a Sunday morning and I'm like this and I'm just like, you know, like that. It's different. I'm focused on the mechanics of what I'm doing. I want to do, th you know, that kind of thing. I want to help enhance musically and all that kind of stuff. It's a different thing. Does that mean that God's presence is stronger on me when I'm here or when I'm doing that? Or the no, it's his presence is his presence. So in that case, I, I operate by faith and I engage the Lord by faith. Now, I love it when I can feel his presence. You feel his presence like, wah! I love it when I'm about to preach and I'm just completely, I sense his presence like so strongly. It's amazing. 
But we don't walk by our feelings. We walk by faith. The just shall walk by faith. And so, so having said all that, um, <laughs> let me try to bring this together. If there are stony heart issues, or, and we're going to look at a few here in a minute, but if there are issues of our own doing where we put walls up, we block off the feelings, we block out people, we do this kind of stuff because of hurts or rejection or whatever, then that's some, that's some heart work that we need to do, okay? That's okay. We'll do that, and that's good. And, and, but, and so God wants to touch us, and, and he wants us to sense his presence. Having said that, we don't walk by just our feelings all along, all the time, right? We walk by faith. If I don't feel that God's engaging me, I'm, like, I'm not, I'm not going to wait for God to engage me sovereignly. I'm going to, by faith, engage the Lord and walk with the Lord. All right? Okay, good. So you get where I'm coming from. Um, stones have no, <laughs> this is profound, stones have no capacity for relationship with God or other people. Just think about that. I wish I had a rock here today. <laughs> um, stones have no, they have no potential for any kind of relationship with God or even other people. Whoa. So if God wants to remove areas of our stony hearts, he wants to, he gives us a new heart. He does give us a new heart. But there's something called petrif- um, yeah, petrification. To, to, where, where, the, where you put a log in water, and over a season of time, it'll petrify. It'll actually get so hard, some wood can be harder than actual stones. And I think that, too, could be a picture of some of our hearts, you know. It's not that, and I'm not confessing that my heart's going to get stony or anything, but there are areas that you can guard your heart against so that it doesn't become stony. I'll give you an example. Um cruising along through life, dealing with heart issues, starting to feel again, starting to, you know, extend more love to people and kind of let people in a little more. And, and then all of a sudden, oop, I get hurt again. I just got news for you. As long as you're in church, you're going to be hurt. <laughs> you're going to have hurt. As long, I mean, in, involved in kingdom, involved in community. If you're in a family, you're going to have hurt. It's just the way it is, okay? I preached the word uh, several weeks ago. My scars are my testimony. My wounds aren't my testimony. My scars are. A scar is different than a wound. A wound is a hurt that hasn't been healed. But once that healing comes, there may be a scar there. You might remember that very thing that hurt you, but it's healed up now, you see? And so it's just, you're all good. But how you deal with your hurts is the key, okay? So, um, it's like this, so you, you, you get hurt. Somebody rejects you or says something, and it's like, ooh. And in that moment, we have the choice to say things, and I know you've never said anything like this before, but perhaps somebody has once said, when they get hurt by somebody, they'd be like, I'm not going to trust, I'm never going to trust people again. Just a little vow like that that they make, you know. I'm never going to trust people again. Or I'm never going to put my heart out there. I put my gift out there to do something or I put my heart out there to do something and I just got hurt or I got rejected. Those little things like that, those little statements are just walls that go up. Whoop, whoop, whoop around your heart. And that's where we want to we see this stuff totally free from this stuff. Yeah. 
So God's desire for all of us is to have a heart of flesh. We know that. And the gift of a heart of flesh makes it possible to feel the Lord's touch and enter into the most intimate relationship with him. Jeremiah 24, 7 says, I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God, for they will return to me with all their heart. Hmm. So what, what, what are some areas or what does it look like in terms of having a stony heart or a hardened heart or a calloused heart? A heart of stone is a defense mechanism. It's actually made up of inner walls. or It's like a fortress of inner walls that are, you know, you've got protection around yourself, right? Around your heart, which keeps, keeps us from being vulnerable. Here, I'll give you a little clue. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was so, um, what's the word? Upset, ticked off, PO'd. I don't know what you want to say, what you fill in the blanks, but I was, every time I'd hear people talking about being vulnerable and stuff, I'm like, are you kidding me? Why do we need to, I heard it all the time. It was like always, well, we just want to be vulnerable. I, I wish you were more vulnerable. I'm like, vulnerable, what are you talking about? The picture of vulnerability to me is like a dog laying on its back going like, scared of, you know, what's going to happen. I'm like, ah, because vulnerability is to open up yourself to be hurt. And, but I kept hearing that, and so I just have a little hint for you. You might have a heart of stone or some stony area in your heart if it bothers you when you hear somebody talking about vulnerability. Because that's me. All, it was me big time. I was like, why do we have to talk about this all the time? I remember asking people this. Well, who's the judge to say when my heart gets healed or not? Like, you're all talking about getting your hearts healed and healing and this and all that stuff. Well, who's to say when my heart's healed? How, are you going to tell me I'm, my heart's healed now? Like, it was just funny, the mindset. But then as we allow that inward working to start to take place, you'll see that there are these walls that have come up. And, and the walls come up through usually past rejection, past hurt, bad experiences. I know you all have never had a bad experience. But all, all these things that, that we allow, that, that happen to us, and how we respond to those things is a direct connection to the softness and the sensitivity of our heart. So those walls that come in that we build up as defense mechanisms are part of this whole thing, you know, this stony heart thing. Oh, it's amazing how your vocabulary changes once you, once you allow the Lord to start, take some of these walls down and you partner with him in it. It's amazing. Wouldn't you say, Urson Meyer, how you, you just, your outlook changes. It's like I got a new set of lenses. Anyway, Okay. A heart of stone becomes a hiding place that, will, that, that we believe will protect us from hurt, but which, in fact, keeps us isolated and lonely. Uh, it, this is not my line. Actually, Janelle and I were just talking about it the other day. Isolation leads to demonization. Is that kind of what we were talking about, Janelle? Is that fair to say? And I'm like, well, that's a pretty strong statement. But the deal is this. You can see it where Jesus talks to Peter about forgiving. He says, when a brother offends me or sins against me, how many times should I forgive him? Seven times? And Jesus laughs at him. I think he laughed at him sarcastically. He says, seven? No, no, actually, Peter, 70 times seven. And he wasn't trying to do a math thing, but he was trying to say, your heart posture should be that of forgiveness. I forgive you. It's okay. I, I, I release you. You owe me nothing. And so, but the story there talks about, you know, the story in Matthew where he talks about Jesus in forgiveness. And how he says, 
uh, one man was owned, owed a certain amount of money. Let's, let's turn there in the Bibles. Do you want to do that? Let's do this. I think we should just camp here for a minute and then we'll wrap it up. Let's go to Matthew. What are we looking for? There we go. Yeah, let's go to Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Um, this is a key passage, such a key passage on guarding your heart right here. It's absolutely, it's freedom right here. Then Peter came to him and he said, Lord, how many times if my brother sins against me, how many times shall I forgive him? As, as many as seven times? Jesus answered, verse 22. I tell you, even uh, up to seven, up, uh, not up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven, okay? So, He's saying here, and I say it's not a mathematical equation, but if you want to make it about math, that's like 490 times. So if you take that 490 times and you put it into a daily cycle, it would mean that every 2.9 minutes you should be, I forgive you, I release you. Think about that for a minute. If you want to be literal about the number. That means in a 24-hour period, every 2.9, almost 3 minutes, every 2.9 minutes, you're going to say, I forgive you. It's okay. Now, I think there was two things he, Jesus was saying here. One was, you're going to have opportunity to forgive. <laughs> In other words, hurt is going to come. Rejection is going to come. Pain is going to come. But your heart posture should be that of every 2.9 minutes, oh, I bless you and release you. Hey, it's okay. I, I, I forgive you. You know, that's the posture. So we keep on reading here, and he tells this, this story, and he says, uh, you know, there was, a, there was a, therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a man, a human king, who wished to settle accounts with his attendants. And when he began accounting, it was brought one to him that owed him 10,000 talents. Um, in today's currency, it's pro approximately $200 million. Uh, in, in that day, it was basically 60 million days of wages. Isn't that crazy? I'm counting the zeros. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. Wow. So this, we're talking basically, here's the deal. There's no possible way, humanly possible, that this man could repay the debt. Like, it's, it's impossible. All right? And uh, the, the, the come, he comes to him. And uh, because he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and everything he possessed so the payment could be made. So the attendant fell on his knees Begging him, have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. I, I don't know how he could actually, like, well, anyway. He says, I will repay you everything. And his master's heart was moved with compassion. Somebody say compassion. And he released him and forgave him his debt. He canceled his debt. That's like the picture of forgiveness. It's to cancel a debt. It's to release somebody. You owe me nothing. It's like saying that. I release you. You owe me nothing. And so... And his master's heart was... But the same attendant, that same attendant, as he went out, he found one of his fellow attendants that owed him a hundred denarii, about $20. Today's currency, about five grand. And he grabbed him by the throat and he said, pay me what you owe. And his fellow attendant fell down and begged him earnestly and said, give me time, I will pay you everything. But he was unwilling even to give him time, so he went out and put him in prison that he should pay... Uh, Till he should pay the debt. Now, I just think that's really funny. 
Isn't that a funny thing? So somebody owes you money, and the way that they can get the money to pay you back is to work and pay you back. But what you do is you take them and you put them in prison so they can't work to pay you back. But it shows you the heart of that very thing. It's this whole thing about forgiveness, you know. Somebody offends me, somebody hurts me. Well, I'm not going to forgive them because they hurt me. But the very thing that I need flowing in my life is connected to me releasing that person and forgiving them. Are you, so who's, who's more bound up when you choose not to forgive? I'm more bound up than the one who hurt me. I think I'm, I'm the one, I'm, I'm like judge and jury. I'm not going to forgive you, man. You're going to suffer for a while. You just hang on. No, forget it. I'm not going to forgive you. I'm not going to let that go. So watch what happens, though. This is really fun. And his fellow fell down and said this, but he was unwilling. He threw him in jail. Um, Verse 31, and when his fellow attendants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and told everything that had taken place to their master. So the master called to him, and he said to him, he said, you complete, um, you wicked attendant, I forgave you of all that debt that was yours. I gave you all that debt, cancellation. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow attendant? And in his wrath, the master, and this is where it it's a prophetic picture of here what happens when we choose to hang on to things and not release and forgive. His master turned him over to the torturers or the jailers till he should pay what he owed. It's a picture of what happens when we don't forgive, that the demonic bondage that comes. It's like you're, you're, playing, you're playing in Satan's playground when you choose not to forgive. You've probably seen that. We've talked about it here before, but... Um, there's this, there's this thing, you know, where we want God's river to flow in our lives. We want, it, we want his presence to flow through our lives. But the only place that flows is in a place of mercy. When we, when, and and I, if I had a, here, I'll do it like this. You, you may have seen this before, but I just want to give you a visual. It's like this. So if this here level here is like earthly level, this is justice level. Somebody wrongs me, I absolutely deserve justice in this area. And if I stay at this level here and I just want justice and I'm trying to get justice on my own like this, there's, there's no option for God to flow through me because now I'm in this justice level. And he says, I want you to come up here to the grace level. And it, doesn't it say in scripture somewhere that mercy triumphs over judgment? There's a, there's a mercy and a grace that is a higher truth than justice. And so when you get born again, born from above, you're saying, I'm a sinner. God, I need your help. I want a relationship with you. What he does is he takes that heart of stone out and then he brings you up here to this level here. I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. Not I will be, I actually am. We learned about that last weekend. And so here I am in this place. Oh, this is amazing. I'm enjoying this heart of flesh and I'm enjoying his presence, intimacy. Oh, it's so good. And then all of a sudden... Ken does something that really, really ticks me off. And uh, let's just say this. Let's just say uh, he hurts my family or something like that. Well, now instantly as a father in the flesh, my reaction is going to be, come on, are you serious, man? I want, my, I want my justice. We come down here like this, you see? But what I've done now is I've stepped out of mercy and I've stepped down into justice. So it's like I'm... I'm it's not that I'm not seated with him in heavenly places, but what I'm doing is I'm in this playground here where now my heart gets started to get harder and harder and harder. But what God's saying is he's saying when you're here, 
somebody offends you, when a brother sins against you, I want you to release forgiveness over him. And it doesn't mean you're not going to experience the pain or the hurt. But you're going to, you're going to actually guard your heart in doing this. I forgive you. I release you. You owe me nothing. It doesn't mean that I'm necessarily going to walk in trust with the one that's violated me. You understand? There's a difference between forgiveness and trust. Right? And so, but I forgive. I release you. You owe me nothing. And so I can stay in this posture here where the river flows, where God's presence flows in my life. And how do I know this? Just trust me. <laughs> experience. Experience. Experience where I think I'm so right. I know, I know this still doesn't happen to you married couples. I get it. But have you ever had an argument? Well, okay, let's just say a little tiff. Where, where you're, you're right. And you know you're right. You just know you're right. And guess what? They know they're right, too. And so there's this head-to-head thing. And I know I'm not preaching to the choir at all. Okay, I'll just talk to myself. But there were times where Mel and I would have these, we'd have this thing going on where it's like, I'm right. And I'm like, no, this is, this is right. This is right. And she's like, no, 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 I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. And then I, I'm, I'm in my head, I have this thought, why don't you just say sorry? Like in the middle of it, why don't you just say sorry? Would you forgive me? Even though you still think you're right. You know what I mean? And even if she doesn't say, yeah, I'm sorry too. And it's so amazing how you can diffuse a situation that could get really tumultuous. It's a great word, eh? Tumultuous. Well, how's your relationship? Well, it's a little tumultuous right now. You could, you could diffuse a situation just by saying, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? Just like that. And so there's this, there's this thing that... that in this whole area of hearts, you know, above the all, guard your heart, front of it, flow the issues of life. I don't want to have a heart of stone. And if there are areas in my heart where there's offense or there's woundedness or this kind of thing, I want to deal with it quickly here. I want to, I want to stay in this place just of mercy and of love and forgiveness. And there's so much more we could get into on this, but we're going to start to unpack this. So what's going to happen then is, this kind of feels good standing on a chair speaking. Uh, <laughs> Anyone seen the Karate Kid? Anyway, that's a little old for some people. But um, So over these weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to go on our Thursday sessions. We're going to dig more into heart stuff for the first few weeks. Uh, first few sh- sessions, I should say. And then on the Sundays, we're gonna, it's going to correspond, except for next week because we have guests in from out of town. And so we're going to kind of jump ahead to the hands, feet thing. And so I'm going to talk more about hands stuff pertaining to that. But I just feel that... that um, uh, God's taking us into a, into a season where we're going to really, I, I'm just excited about what he's going to do. I'm excited for the people that live in this area. I'm excited for the people that are in your lives. Because when we say the hard hands and feet, this is not just about Windsor Park. This is about your home. This is about where you work. This is about where you live. You know, many of us live out of town. It's about our area, area that we have influence, up in Gimli and Steinbeck and Mitchell and you know, St. Agath and South and Morris and all over the place, right? So it's all about engaging God with the heart, the hands, and the feet. Let's all stand to our feet. If you're able to. Why don't we just do this in closing because we're kind of talking about the heart. We'll just do this. I'm not going to call you up to the front for it, but 
Holy Spirit, is there anyone, just, just ask him right now, is there anyone right now in my life that, um, that I haven't forgiven or I need to extend forgiveness to? Is there anybody at all? Just reveal. Speak to me right now. Speak to me about that. If there's anybody that I need to release and forgive. Jesus, you said like every 2.9 minutes we're supposed to be forgiving. And so that must mean that there must be areas. So I'm just asking you right now, Holy Spirit, is there anybody that I need to forgive? If, if somebody comes to mind, I'm not going to make you say their name or call you out, but just give me a wave if you think that there's somebody that comes to mind that you need to release and forgive. Just give us a wave. Yeah, hold them up high. Wave them around like you're just proud as can be and don't be shy. It's a good pride. It's not a bad pride. It's like, yeah. Hold them up. Please hold them up. I just want to, I want to, I just want to, okay, everybody look around. Hold your hands up. Like, let's be bold as lions here, okay? The righteous are as bold as a lion. So if you look around, you'll realize that, hey, it's not just me. Wow, amazing. Okay, perfect. Now let's assume the religious posture again. Eyes closed. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. But let's just, let's just do this right now. Let's just do this together corporately. Uh, Father, I choose to forgive. And you, just, you can whisper that person's name out or say it in your heart, whatever. But I choose to forgive Joe. I choose to forgive Betty. I choose to forgive Mark. I choose to forgive whoever it is. Lord, right now I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive them, Lord. I release them. They owe me nothing. Lord, for that, that violation, for that hurt they caused, for the pain, for the injustice, God, I choose to forgive. I release them. And just from your heart, just, 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 just be like you're, you're freeing a bird from a cage just, just to release. Let them go. Let that offense go. And then just ask the Lord. Say, Lord, now as I, as I do this, Lord, I know that you're restoring a softness to my heart. Walls are coming down. There's a shift that's happening. God, I'm asking to be more sensitive to your touch and your presence. Father, I'm asking you to lead me and guide me. I want to walk in deeper intimacy with you. I want to know you more. God, I want to be one who operates from a mercy level, from where your spirit with my spirit are just flowing in beautiful union. There wouldn't be any blockages, no walls. We'd be vulnerable, we'd be open, we'd be loving and compassionate, overflowing with hope. And Lord, I choose today to be one who forgives. I choose today that forgiveness would be like a foundation. A forgiveness would be a foundation that I wouldn't hold things against and I wouldn't hang on to things, but I'd release and let them go. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. And everybody said... Amen.